Good morning, it's March 1st, and this is your daily brief in EU news. Here's everything you need to know. In a bold State of the Nation address, Russian President Vladimir Putin issued stark warnings to NATO over its support for Ukraine, while simultaneously showcasing Russia's nuclear arsenal. This blend of geopolitical muscle flexing and domestic policy announcements has ignited a flurry of international reactions, particularly from France and the United States. Putin's speech was not just about international posturing. He also focused on domestic issues, emphasising traditional family values. He announced plans to extend maternity benefits and double tax deductions for parents with multiple children. These initiatives aim to support Russian families in a tangible way, reflecting a broader agenda to bolster the nation's demographic and social fabric. However, Putin's remarks and policy proposals have not gone without criticism. France and the United States have both condemned the Russian leader's statements, pointing to a further escalation of diplomatic tensions. This reaction underscores the growing rift between Russia and Western nations, particularly in light of the ongoing conflict in Eastern Europe. The situation in the Transnistria region adds another layer of complexity, with separatists considering a referendum to join Russia and seeking Russian protection. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian armed forces have reported shooting down three Russian fighter jets and identifying 511 individuals suspected of war crimes since the Russian invasion in February 2022. This ongoing escalation in Eastern Europe continues to alarm the international community, raising fears of a potential direct conflict between Russia and NATO, alongside the existing military confrontations in Ukraine. The mix of military posturing, domestic policy shifts and international diplomacy paints a complex picture of the current geopolitical landscape in the region. In a recent turn of events that has sparked controversy and debate across Europe, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz finds himself at the centre of criticism from the UK and France. This comes after Scholz's claims that soldiers from these countries were involved in assisting Ukraine with firing long-range missiles, a statement that has been met with denials and calls for clarity. Scholz has been vocal about his opposition to sending long-range Taurus cruise missiles to Ukraine, citing the potential risks such a move could pose. Specifically, Scholz has raised concerns about the possibility of drawing Germany directly into the conflict and the risk of these missiles being used incorrectly. This stance has been a significant point of contention, highlighting the delicate balance European nations are trying to maintain in their support for Ukraine. In response to Scholz's claims, the UK Ministry of Defence has categorically denied the presence of British troops in Ukraine for the purpose of operating missiles. They have emphasised that the operation of long-range missiles remains the sole responsibility of the Ukrainian armed forces. This denial not only contradicts Scholz's assertions, but also underscores the complexities of military assistance and involvement in the ongoing conflict. The dispute over Scholz's claims and his stance on not providing Taurus missiles to Ukraine has deepened divisions within Europe. 
It has also led to increased calls for Germany to reconsider its position and support Ukraine's defence efforts by supplying the requested missiles. This situation highlights the ongoing challenges and diplomatic tensions that continue to influence Europe's response to the conflict in Ukraine. In a significant challenge to big tech's handling of personal data, consumer groups across Europe are taking a stand against meta-platforms. At the heart of the dispute is a new paid subscription system that these groups argue forces users into consenting to the collection of their personal data, a potential breach of the EU's stringent privacy laws. The European Consumer Organisation, BEEUC, is leading the charge with complaints filed in Denmark, France, Greece, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, Slovenia and the Czech Republic. These complaints are being reviewed by national data protection authorities, highlighting the decentralised approach to data privacy enforcement across the EU. The issue has even prompted legal action in Germany, where a temporary injunction has been obtained against Meta for failing to meet legal standards for subscription services. BEUC's contention is that Meta's data processing practices inherently violate the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, regardless of any user consent obtained through the subscription model. They are calling for fines that they hope will prompt Meta to pivot towards more privacy-respecting practices. Despite Meta's defence that its practices are in line with European Court of Justice rulings, the company is under pressure to comply with new EU obligations aimed at curbing user tracking without consent, with a deadline in early March. As the European Data Protection Board prepares to issue its opinion by the end of March, this legal challenge adds to the scrutiny Meta faces in Europe. The company, which has paid over $2 billion in GDPR fines since 2018, continues to generate significant advertising revenue and has recently issued its first quarterly cash dividend. This ongoing saga underscores the tension between tech giants' business models and the EU's commitment to protecting user privacy – with potential implications for how personal data is collected and utilised in the digital age. In a dramatic escalation of tensions in Eastern Europe, the secessionist region of Transnistria has accused Moldova of genocide and sought protection from Russia. This move comes amidst Moldova's bid to join the European Union, a journey fraught with obstacles, not least of which is opposition from Russia. At the heart of this conflict is Transnistria, a narrow strip of land between Ukraine and Moldova, culturally aligned with Russia but internationally recognised as part of Moldova. The region's recent accusations and request for Russian intervention have intensified the geopolitical chess game in the area, highlighting the complex interplay of local aspirations and international diplomacy. Moldova's imposition of customs duties on imports from Transnistria has added economic pressure to the already strained relations. This measure by Chisinau is seen as a step towards aligning more closely with the European Union, a move that has not gone unnoticed by Russia. 
The European Union has signalled its support for Moldova by approving the start of accession negotiations by the end of 2023, an endorsement that underscores the EU's interest in expanding its influence in Eastern Europe. Experts, including Osteuropa expert in Nadja Douglas, have weighed in on the situation, suggesting that Russia's potential annexation of Transnistria is unlikely given its current military engagement in Ukraine. Despite Transnistria's cultural affinity for Russia and its appeal for protection, the region's elites are reportedly losing faith in Russia as a steadfast ally. This sentiment reflects the complex dynamics within Transnistria itself, where cultural ties to Russia exist alongside a recognition of Moldovan citizenship. The international community has not remained silent on these developments. France has accused Russia of destabilising Moldova and supporting pro-Russian separatists, a charge that adds to the growing chorus of concern over Russia's intentions in the region. Meanwhile, the United States has reiterated its support for Moldova's sovereignty, closely monitoring the situation in Transnistria. German politicians, including Neil Schmid and Omid Noripur, have emphasised the importance of supporting Ukraine against Russian aggression and assisting Moldova on its path towards EU membership. Their statements highlight the broader implications of the conflict, underscoring the need for solidarity in the face of challenges to European security and stability. In a pivotal move, the EU Commission has approved a substantial financial package for Poland, marking a significant step in the country's journey towards meeting EU standards on rule of law and fundamental rights. This decision not only reflects the Commission's confidence in Poland's recent reforms, but also opens up a new chapter in EU-Poland relations. At the heart of this approval is the release of €137 billion Euros in EU funds to Poland, including a notable first instalment of €6.3 billion Euros from the Recovery Fund. This financial support is tied to Poland's commitment to ongoing reforms in its judicial system, a key concern for the EU. Specifically, the Commission highlighted Poland's fulfilment of two milestones related to judicial independence and one concerning audit and control systems as pivotal for this decision. The breakdown of the funds reveals a strategic allocation – 25.3 billion euros will be released as loans and 34.5 billion euros as grants from the recovery budget. Furthermore, an additional 76.5 billion euros is earmarked for payout according to an investment plan agreed upon between the Commission and the Polish government under the EU's cohesion policy. This financial approval is not just about numbers – it's a testament to the EU's renewed trust in Poland under the leadership of Prime Minister Donald Tusk. It signals a positive trajectory in EU-Poland relations, contingent on Poland's adherence to the agreed reforms. However, it's important to note that this decision awaits the final nod from EU member states. The Commission's approval was influenced by Poland's proactive steps towards reforming its judicial system and its engagement with the European Public Prosecutor's Office. 
These efforts, alongside a detailed action plan presented by the Polish Minister of Justice to restore the rule of law, underscore Poland's commitment to aligning with EU standards. This development not only paves the way for financial support, but also marks a crucial step in addressing concerns under Article 7 of the EU Treaty. This has been your daily brief in EU news. To read more about these stories, follow the links in the episode bio. You can also subscribe to these updates via email at www.brief.news. For more daily podcasts about the topics you love, visit brief.news forward slash podcasts. We'll be back Monday with everything you need to know.